what makes America the greatest country in the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen. Stood up for what was right. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time we started talking. Dream isn't something we talk about. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. Let's pray for freedom and justice. Only be a war if soldiers are willing to fight. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Some veterans not getting the timely care that they need. The good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks you don't on look power. Status. Let's discuss. Hey guys, welcome to Vet the Vet. What's up? This is our new podcast, uh, number 14. We're talking about the undiagnosed Gulf War illnesses. Good thing you guys need to know, especially as the year is coming down to an end. Yeah, so if it's your first time coming, thanks for listening and thanks for coming. And, um... Today, uh, episode number 14, uh, Gulf War Illness. And um, so that's one of the prominent conditions affecting Gulf War uh, veterans. And uh, it's a cluster of medically unexplained uh, chronic symptoms that can include fatigue, headaches, uh, joint pain, uh, insomnia, dizziness, uh, some respiratory disorders, and uh, memory problems. Uh, so VA refers to these illnesses as a chronic uh, multi-symptom illness and uh, undiagnosed illness. But uh, like we prefer not to use the term Gulf War Syndrome when referring to that kind of uh, set of uh, illnesses. Uh, why? Because those symptoms vary uh, uh, extensively or widely. Yeah. So, and... Uh, why we want to do this episode right now, uh, while we're still in the uh, beginning of our podcast, because the deadline um, was extended by VA recently, and uh, it ends uh, December 31st, 2016. So if you guys have any issues that are going on, you think you might it might be due to your deployments, it's good to talk to your doctors and try to get something diagnosed or something on paper before that deadline. Yeah. So, what's going on is like, like all veterans, Gulf War vets are eligible for disability compensation for service-connected disabilities that first occurred or were diagnosed during military service. But there is additional way of way for Gulf War vets to become eligible for compensation without having to prove a disability is directly connected to their service, and that's the presumptive service condition. Very similar to Vietnam vets, other than Vietnam vets don't have a timeline. We do. So make sure you pay attention to that December 31st, 2016 timeline. Um, many Gulf War vet veterans have developed multi-symptom diseases that have been either misdiagnosed or classified as undiagnosed illnesses. These vets were exposed to chemical hazards as well as vaccinations, whose effects are pretty much unknown. And especially if you're part of the first war, um, the first Gulf War, you're talking about like a lot of the burnt the burned up oil fields, things like that, that you guys probably were breathing for months. Um, until, until there was more medical and scientific research on the health consequences of these hazards and vaccinations, the resulting illnesses of Gulf War vets may continue to be misunderstood. 
far after that December 31st, 2016 deadline. For this reason, the VA allows Gulf War vests to be eligible for disability compensation under a rule called presumptive service connection. Yeah, so we talked about presumptive service connection before, but uh, Joe will uh, give you, if it's the first time listening to the podcast, a little bit more inf information on that. Yeah, and so what you're trying to do with the presumptive, a good one, a good example is the Vietnam vets because there's a lot of different disabilities they could lean on. So presumptive for a Vietnam vet, a common one would be diabetes. No matter if your entire family had diabetes and you know when you get older you're going to get it, the fact that you're in Vietnam and you end up getting diabetes 40 years after the fact, 50 years after the fact, you could claim that diabetes is a presumptive due to your service. So presumptive condition are things that are more likely things that could happen to you because of what you did and, what, and the things you're around. So being uh, presumptively service-connected is a way of qualifying for a disability compensation without proving that the illness was caused or aggravated by military service. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to show that you had diabetes when you were 19 years old. It's just now that you have it years down the road. When uh, Gulf War vets have what is called qualifying chronic disability, their illness is presumed to be service-connected, and this makes it easier to obtain disability benefits without having those military medical records backing you up. Alright, so what are requirements for presumptive service connection? Um, one, you want to show that, that you qualify as a Gulf War vet. So as long as you were deployed during those times, that's one of them. Two, you have what they call a qualifying chronic disability. Three, you want to, that your disability arose when, when you're in service or your disability arose after you came home and it can be rated at 10% or more. All right, so those are three elements uh, that would qualify you for that presumptive disability. So, <clears throat> do like I qualify as the Gulf War veteran? Like, what kind of question should I ask myself? Um, you would qualify as a Gulf War vet if you served active in the South uh, Southwest Asia during the Persian Gulf War in the following countries or areas, including uh, airspace ab above these areas. So, like Ira Iraq. Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Bahrain, uh, Qatar, Oman, Afghanistan, or the or the UAE, the natural uh, the neutral zones between Iraq and Saudi, the Gulf of Aden, the Gulf of Oman, the Persian Gulf or the Red Sea. If you served in Turkey or other areas not not included above the list uh, that we just mentioned, the VA does not consider uh, you as a Gulf War vet. So even though, like, let's say you were in during the Gulf War, during the Iraq War, but you were in Germany the whole time, that's not going to fly. Yeah, pretty much, if you look at your medals or awards, you would be able to figure out if it states one of those countries or those areas. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so Gulf War veterans who meet the criteria um, do not need to prove a connection between the military service and illness in order to receive a VA disability compensation. And uh, VA presumes uh, certain chronic unexplained symptoms existing for six months or more um, that are related to Gulf War service without regard to cause. So those presumptive illnesses must have appeared during your active duty in those, uh, in those areas or by December 31st, uh, 2016, and be at least 10% disabled. That's exactly what those three elements Joe uh, previously stated. So what are those uh, illnesses? 
common ones that you see, especially the two ones that are really hard to get diagnosed, especially if you go to the VA right now, is the chronic fatigue, which is a condition of long-term and severe fatigue that is not related by the by the rest and is uh, by rest and is not directly caused by other conditions. It's incredibly hard to get diagnosed for this thing because they'll try to blame it on anything else. You know, you're too fat, you didn't sleep well last night, you're drinking too much coffee, your medication's making you this way. So if you have a fatigue issue, get it checked out and keep pushing the fact until you get some kind of testing to show you either have it or you don't. Same thing with fibromyalgia. It's a condition characterized by widespread muscle pain. Um, other in, other symptoms with that are insomnia, stiffness in your body, headaches, memory problems, things like that. You're talking like a lot of uh, pain in your joints, but you're too young to be having these issues, so you know there's something going on. Um, a big common one that you'll see a lot of guys get is the gastrointestinal disorders, like IBS. Um, these conditions are marked by chronic or reoccurring symptoms related to any part of the gastrointestinal tract. Functional condition refers to a, an abnormal function of an organ without the structural alteration in the tissues. So a common one like that would be the IBS that a lot of us get. Um, abdominal pain syndrome, things like that. In the first two quarters of the fiscal year of 2015, VA denied nearly 82% of claims filed by Gulf War vets for two main uh, conditions presumed to be connected to their military service. Chronic multi-symptom illness and undiagnosed illnesses. So you see it's getting hard to get diagnosed for these things and I'm sure it's hard for the VA to diagnose you, but you really want to keep pushing it and don't just get blown away, blown off or said saying something else. Keep pushing until you get tested for it. Yeah, uh, I would say don't get discouraged. And yeah. uh, um, I, would, uh, I, I would like to make a little remark on that. Uh, thanks. Um, all of you guys who make comments on the posts that we do on social media and uh, also on a headed uh, website. So if you got some kind of issues that may be related to one of our podcasts or to one of those illnesses, just talk to each other, make comments. And uh, sometimes myself or Joe would comment uh, if uh, we find it uh, useful or probably the best way go see uh, a VSO in the office. And if you're in LA, you can probably see, go see Joe yeah. or some other uh, VSOs. And I would say, don't get discouraged. Just talk to somebody else. Uh, somebody else, I mean a veteran, use those forums, uh, use social media, use uh, uh, probably our podcast with information or any other one, doesn't matter. Yeah. So don't get discouraged, but you got to know the, those statistics and uh, what it shows you, I think, uh, it's uh, how much effort you should put to prepare for this or that condition to be, uh, uh, you know, diagnosed or... Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of work you got to do when it comes to Gulf War illness. But push it, because if you don't push it, then the VA will eventually ignore it and say there's not much of an issue there. Yeah. So back each other up. So, uh, like... Pretty much we covered already uh, most of the stuff that you know you need to know for those undiagnosed Gulf uh, uh, War illnesses but right now we'll go, we'll go into details like step by step and give you more uh, specific information for uh, those conditions. 
So just bear with us, it's going to be the same information, but broken up into pieces. Yeah. So hopefully something sticks. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's what my professors always told me. Yeah. So, like, if you are, don't understand the first time uh, listening to the topic, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. If you don't understand it second time when you um, read it, um, the information or read the textbook, there might be like little issue, but like third, fourth, and fifth time, you might be uh, you might want to be seen by uh, a doctor or just do something else. So don't worry, guys. That's just like second time. Yeah. So uh, service connection, uh, the basic information, so that Gulf War veterans may obtain disability compensation for disabilities under the same rules as other veterans. No, no difference. However, there are additional special rules that apply to Gulf uh, War veterans. And uh, what are those special rules? So special rules, um, a vet with a qualifying chronic disability, an undiagnosed illness, medically unexplained chronic multi-symptom illness, vets with listed infectious diseases, other diseases that may become presumptive in the future as a result of ongoing studies. So that you got to keep in mind as the years go by too, just like the Vietnam vets. So um, what are those basic requirements of special Gulf uh, War rules uh, under those uh, conditions that you just mentioned? So number one, one of the major requirements, make sure you're a Gulf War vet. Two, you have a qualifying chronic disability or, or an infectious disease. Three, that condition must be at least 10% dis disabling within the presumptive period. Um, so those are basic requirements, um, but presumptive rules can be rebutted if? If... Um, Affirmative evidence establishes that a disease not incurring during service or was caused by intervening events or was a result of vets willful, willful misconduct or abuse of alcohol or drugs. So if you got hepatitis because of a tattoo or an STD because of some girl or something you're doing, that's on you. Yeah, that's a um, bunch of legal words or mamba jamba probably yeah. for you, but I would say those are... Uh, uh, specific conditions that VA can you can actually uh, bring an action to deny you from conditions yeah. that you're actually suffering. Yeah. Keep pushing. So the definition of a Gulf War vet is someone who served on active duty in the Southwest Asia theater of operations. And the places we mentioned were the were Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi, the neutral zone, Bahrain, Qatar, the UAE, Oman, the Gulf of Aden, Gulf of Oman, uh, waters of the Persian Gulf, the Arabian Sea, and the Red Sea are served in the airspace above these locations. So after August 2nd, 1990, and before the ending date set by Congress... Which is uh, 31st December 2016. Yeah. So you got a little bit of time left, but not much. Um, includes um, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation New Dawn, things like that. So you're talking 1990 to now. So there's a bunch of guys that are involved here, but make sure that you're diagnosed with these conditions or the VA is not going to help you out. Um, what, another thing is vets have to have active service in Afghanistan or after um, September 19, 2001 are entitled to the presumptive service connection for infectious disease 
diseases even though they weren't in the Southwest Asia? Let's see. Uh, um, so, we talked about qualifying chronic disability, but once again, what is qualifying chronic disability? Yeah, so a chronic disability is something that lasts at least six months or shows intermediate periods of improvement and worsening over at least six months. So you kind of go up and down, up and down, off and on kind yeah. of deal. Uh, to but, you, but you have medical records to show that. Yeah, you know? actually, an easy way to show it would be, uh, let's say you came uh, to your doctor uh, 10 months ago saying that uh, you got some uh, uh, kind of issues with your bowl that ain't moving right. So you would say, okay, I got issue with my stomach and uh, I don't know what is that. So that would be your first count off date uh, for those six months. So next, I don't know, visit that you get probably like three months afterwards. And then six months afterwards, so you would have three records, uh, three uh, notes of your doctor in your record that something's going on with your stomach. Yeah. So uh, kinds of qualifying chronic disabilities can be um, anything, uh, undiagnosed illness or medically unexplained chronic multi-symptom illness, like chronic fatigue, chronic uh, fibromyalgia, or a disease that becomes presumptive for Gulf War vets in the future that they haven't figured out yet. And so undiagnosed illnesses is by a history of physical examination, laboratory tests that cannot be attributed to any known clinical diagnosis. So they're trying to figure it out, but there's just no way in hell that they could pinpoint what's going on. Um, it doesn't require to be objective medical evidence. It just has to be medical evidence that's helping support you. Yeah, pretty much those notes from your doctor that you went to 10 months ago and then three months afterwards. Um, for the undiagnosed illnesses, it can be shown by objective evidence uh, perceptible to an examining physician or non-medical signs that can be independently verified or observed. So lay statements may help you out. Um, the manual M21-1 lists other relevant non-medical evidence events such as time loss from work or evidence vet sought medical treatment for symptoms or lay medical evidence affirming changes in vet's appearance, physical abilities, mental or emotional attitude. Because you know some of these conditions really play a toll on you. Yeah, and the reason why we use those uh, kind of sophisticated words sometimes that we don't use in uh, our daily life, because anyway, like whatever is going on with you, you would be using those words in your claim. Yeah. So you would have to tie your condition to those uh, uh, words that VA uses. Yeah. That's why we use them as well. Yeah, so definitely use their words so they understand what you're trying to say and what you're trying to get. And so... What they're looking for is a list of signs and symptoms like fatigue, um, symptoms involving your skin, headaches is a great common one, and you could, headaches, migraines, similar, it, it seems the same to us, but for medical professionals, headaches and migraines are two separate issues, but they're both undiagnosed illnesses that you could lean on. Uh, muscle pain, joint pain. Neurological signs or symptoms, uh, neurophysiological signs or symptoms, signs or symptoms involving the respiratory system or sleep disturbances. A lot of guys have sleep apnea um, or insomnia issues, sometimes both. Gastro 
intestinal signs or symptoms, cardiovascular signs or symptoms. I know a lot of guys are coming back with hypertension. And then abnormal weight loss or menstrual disorders for the women vets too. So just because I say guys, don't forget about the women. I'm talking in general. Yeah, and uh, uh, for sleep disturbances, especially for sleep apnea, I know it's in there in the, one of those conditions, but this one's going to be difficult to prove because yeah. most likely they're going to send you for um, sleep study, and if it shows something, then yes. If it doesn't show something, then no. So even though that you're entitled for that benefit under uh, undiagnosed goal for illnesses, VA still going to make an additional step uh, to prove that you have it or not. Yeah. Which is actually confusing uh, by the regulation, but since nobody uh, took care of it before, I don't think it's going to play in your favor. Yeah, so if you happen to get diagnosed with sleep apnea, you could absolutely argue it if they deny you. So that's not the end of it when, when a condition gets denied, but look at why they denied you and bounce off of it and make sure that you brought it up as a undiagnosed call for illness to kind of give yourself better odds if you have to go through appeals. Yeah. As been said, medically unexplained cluster of symptoms, so a bunch of stuff going on, and uh, you got inconsistent lab results. And remember, uh, those uh, uh, inconsistent results always uh, uh, play in your favor. Yeah. So, let's see. Um, so, We'll go a little bit in details for each of uh, those diseases. Uh, so what is the functional gastrointestinal disorders? Um, common ones is IBS, um, indigestion problems, vomiting, constipation, bloating, abdominal pain syndrome, and difficulty swallowing. Some other ones are for um, gastrointestinal disorders or abdominal pain, burning or pain. Nausea, vomiting, altered bowel habits, diarrhea, compensation, kind of going back and forth, um, indigestion, bloating, painful or difficulty uh, swallowing, and some of the presumptive infectious diseases are, say, like a, oh, these are hard ones, like the Q fever, malaria, tuberculosis, uh, salmonella, uh, shingles, West Nile virus, to name a few, but there's a couple of them there, and trying to read them's hard. Presumptive infectious diseases must manifest uh, to a degree of 10% within one year from separation from service, except malaria. You could talk to a lot of World War II guys, Korean vets could tell you a lot about malaria. Uh, within one year from separation or standard medical uh, yeah, medical treatment showing uh, incubation periods began during service like malaria could come back and forth um, same thing with TB anytime after service there's really no time limit um, long-term health effects of uh, presumptive infectious diseases the VA does recognize that there are long-term health effects and that are potentially associated with these things um, potentially uh, long-term conditions are listed in the 38 CFR 3.317. The VA will examine vets who are presumptively service-connected for a list of infectious diseases and who develop a list of long-term effects. So long-term effects from infectious diseases like the West Nile virus is 
can vary from physical, functional, or cognitive, cognitive disability. Um, tuberculosis, you know, you're talking more about your lungs and uh, healthcare uh, outcomes that are due to irre irreversible tissue damage from severe pulmonary and uh, extrapulmonary tuberculosis. Long-term effects from presumptive infectious diseases like Q fever, hepatitis, um, post-Q fever, chronic fatigue syndrome, vascular infections. So, um, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Uh, but if uh, it sounds familiar for you, one of those conditions, then you can still file. Yeah. And uh, so, resources that can be uh, helpful to win uh, your cases. <coughs> For those of you who are sophisticated enough to look into uh, websites and uh, regulations, but probably myself, I would still go to uh, VSO and consult with uh, him. Uh, what should I use or how should I educate myself uh, besides definitely consulting blogs, blog like ours or something else. So you can um, look at uh, VA cases. Uh, VA uh, General Counsel Presidents and uh, their opinions, uh, VA training letters and uh, arguments that uh, VA or VSO or uh, attorney used in these or that cases. Yeah, and that gives you better odds of understanding where you're going to be fighting. Mm -hmm. So, um, VA General Counsel opinion, we would uh, refer to one of uh, old ones from 1998, so that states if a sign or symptom of that could conceivably be attributed to a known clinical diagnosis, but haven't been, that does not preclude veteran from being awarded uh, service connection for uh, undiagnosed uh, illness, which is pretty good for you. Yeah. Uh, VA training letter. Um, says the regional office personnel must be aware that the that a variety of disabilities may affect vets with uh, Southwest Asia service. A thorough review of medical evidence associated with these claims is necessary to identify any signs and symptoms potentially associated with Southwest Asia service that are not directly claimed. So hopefully the guys that are judging you are reading through your records and seeing if there's anything there. If, if you're not sure about it and you have copies of your records, I always say highlight what you think and send it to them that way so you have an idea of trying to get this guy to look at what you're looking at. Yeah, I would say like in your letter to VA, just use their first paragraph of what just Joe stated, like from VA training letter, and then list uh, a bunch of uh, uh, paperwork that you attach. Yeah. And that would mean uh, pretty much, hey, uh, dear uh, VA, uh, uh, raising team, please uh, look at uh, all my conditions because you have to look at them. Yeah. The training letter uh, helps explain the standard for Gulf War vets to get the exam for Gulf War illness, and it's uh, it's pretty low. Yeah. So minimum needed is a vet's lay description. Lay description means like any description from anybody of symptoms. Plus, uh, that he was actually in uh, that area. Yeah. And that's it. Um, so, um, as been said, uh, VA training letter and uh, attach all the paperwork and list all the symptoms uh, that you have. Let's say you don't have any paperwork, just explain in your own words. And, uh, but 
that would be helpful if you in if your VA record would show that once or twice you went to see a doctor for those symptoms. Yeah. So um, if after exam the vet is determined to have uh, a diagnosable chronic multi-symptom illness with a partially explained etiology or a disease with clear and specific etiology or diagnosis, then service connection uh, cannot be granted under Goal 4 Southwest Asia rules, but vet may be able to establish service connection on a direct basis, yeah. but not under presumptive rules. So, um, yeah, guys, that's pretty much it. Uh, we gave you a lot of details that probably uh, some of you don't even need, but I hope uh, you would get an understanding on or uh, have a like would have a large picture of what you can still claim. Yeah, so get get curious about it because what I see common is the headaches, the stomach issues, the fatigue <laughs> issues, and the fibromyalgia issues. The headaches and the IBS seem to be fairly easier to claim. The chronic fatigue and the chronic fibromyalgia are a little bit harder, so you're going to have to play that game a little bit more and build those records up a little bit more. I know it's a pain to go to the hospital over and over again, but it's really about yourself and your life and taking care of each other. So try to do it as fast as you can, especially if you have these issues, because after this year, that may be our only chance. Yeah, I would say uh, probably uh, uh, maybe if you have some of those symptoms, uh, file right now and go to the doctor afterwards. And yeah. Build your record till the end of the year. Yeah, so you tend to file. So, if you think you have these things and, you know, like some of these guys are kind of lazy and don't want to go to the hospital as much as we should, it might be smart to file an intent to file for these conditions to help build those records up and try to push that December date a little bit more. You know, at least you have that argument. Yeah. But look into it. Yeah. So, intent to file might be your best bet if you're not diagnosed yet or haven't been seeking the doctor about these conditions. But... This time we might be uh, we might talk another resources that's available to you. Yeah, um, the Veterans Ticket Foundation or uh, Vet Ticks. These guys are pretty awesome. Uh, they Vet Ticks has a chance to win uh, twenty thousand dollars if we receive the most um, donations by July sixth. So support your military community. But Vet Ticks Foundation is dedicated to give back to the military and veterans and their families with free event tickets around your area. So pretty much what they're doing right now, they are participating in a charity challenge, uh, which they call charity challenge number four. So they are uh, collecting contributions, but if you don't feel like, you don't have to do it, but what they can do for you, they can give you free tickets. I, um, I recently registered on the website and never got any tickets because I never submitted any uh, uh, request uh, to get any, but, uh, I know for sure that they uh, communicate with everybody who tries to establish uh, like a direct connection with them. So I sent them a couple emails and got an answer the same day. Yeah. And um, that's, um, uh, it's, uh, Vedix is a non-profit, it's a 501C non-profit organization uh, that was started by two Gulf War veterans and dependent of uh, Marine Corps veterans. 
and it's uh, almost uh, staffed exclusively by veterans and their dependents. So, as uh, Joe said, they offer free tickets to uh, different events going like nationwide. So, pretty much, once you register on their website, you choose your st state, and you see what's going on uh, on your, in your state. Definitely, you'll want to see all the events, but you'll see events that for what they have tickets. Yeah, and they're not bad tickets either. So you're not going to be sitting in the nosebleeds in the corner somewhere. They're, they usually try to give you nice spots. Yeah, and uh, as always, it's free. Yeah. So, and uh, to end up the podcast, a call to action, words of wisdom. Today, every inhabitant of this planet must contemplate the day that when this planet may no longer be habitable. Every man, woman, and child lives under the, uh, the sword and hangs by the slender, slender list of threads, capable of being cut at any moment by accident or miscalculation or madness. The weapons of war must be abolished before they abolish us. Uh, so, said by uh, John Kennedy. Uh, I don't know if he was killed for that, but it's pretty hard yeah. to probably implement, but still, great quote. So that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, over and out.